Do you know what time it is? Time for more football reaction. That's not good. Time to hear from one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I think he's a bomb. I think he's an absolute bomb. Time to crack open a high noon. This is the High Noon 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Oh, yeah! From the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, here's Alex Strofe. Oh, no! Oh, no! Packers lose yesterday. I mean, that was ugly, man. That was, that was ugly. We'll get into it. It's the High Noon Hour. I'm Alex Strofe, live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. Uh, before we get into our first three things, I really just want to ask this. Who's to blame? Who's bothering you? Who pissed you off the most yesterday morning as the Packers lose in London to the New York Giants, the final 27-22? to 22. Brutal, brutal, brutal. I mean, that's a game you got to win, especially the way it started. The Packers were rolling in the first half. And uh, the second half Packers came to play yesterday against the New York Giants as they fall. Don't score a single point unless you count a safety in the second half. Brutal all around. Um, I guess, you know, they're not the Panthers. They're not firing their head coach this fine Monday, but still not good. Still not good for the Green Bay Packers as they're now 3-2 and on the season. I was ready to call them 6-1 and heading into October 30th's matchup with the Buffalo Bills. Looks like I cannot do that because this team is not as good as I thought they were. As we do every Monday, it's time to get into the first three things. These are the first three things. First things first. Everybody and their mother knew the Packers didn't run the ball enough in the second half. A.J. Dillon was averaging six, over six yards a carry. Carried the ball six times. Everybody knows what went wrong there. The Packers start the second half up ten points, and then they get the ball up seven as the Giants opened with a field goal on their opening drive of the second half. And that uh, those two drives. So you're up, you're up a touchdown. You throw the ball on first down. You get a penalty. And you let Aaron Jones go. Incomplete. Then... A.J. Dillon saves you. Runs for 11 yards. Then you throw an incompletion. Aaron Jones, incompletion punt. And a sack somewhere in there as well. And then Giants respond with a touchdown of their own. And rather than sticking with the run, as we've been saying all season long for the Green Bay Packers, you're tied for the first time all game since it was 0-0. The Packers go first and 10 incompletion. Second and 10 incompletion. Third and 10 incompletion punt as you're tied. It took 26 seconds off the clock and gained zero yards. And then the Giants responded. Ultimately, it was the game-winning touchdown their very next drive, 27-20. You need to run the ball. Matt LaFleur acknowledged this after week one. Week one, after the loss to the Vikings, Matt LaFleur said this. Anytime Aaron Jones comes out of the game with eight touches, that, that's not good enough. And A.J. Dillon, what, he have ten or so? Um, that's not good enough. So ten plus eight is 18 touches. And, and Matt LaFleur was referring to the ground game against the Minnesota Vikings. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combined for 19 carries yesterday. One more than week one, but still not enough. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 39 times. 
You ran it with the best one-two punch in the National Football League 19 times. 20 times less than you let Aaron Rodgers throw it. Matt LaFleur, last night on what went wrong, he uh, said it might be a little bit on the play calling. Yeah, i got to look at it, but certainly, um, you know, when, when the results don't go your way, um, it's only fair, you know, you could, you could argue we scored no points in the second half. So, obviously, it, the plan that uh, and the play calls that I gave weren't, weren't good enough. You could argue we scored no points in the second half. I will certainly argue that, Matt LaFleur. The only points you scored in the second half were an intentional safety. You didn't score any points in the second half. Again. What are we doing in the second half? The Green, What are the Green Bay Packers doing in the second half? It's so frustrating. And I heard Willie and Tausch saying this a little bit earlier, Hunter. Hunter Vaughn running the show for us here on ESPN Madison. I heard them say, yeah, it was an early kickoff, so all the frustrations are gone. Packers fans aren't frustrated. Are you sure about that? It was. It might might have been an 8:30 kickoff. Might have been an earlier game. I'm more pissed off than I've been all season. I've been more frustrated because I've had more time to digest right, this game. Right. I'm right there with you, Hunter. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, so yeah, big thing number one is it's the same old song and dance. We're gonna do this thing again this week. Where yeah, we probably didn't give Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon the ball enough. We didn't score any points in the second half. We let off the gas. Whatever you want to say, it's the same old song and dance. The second thing. Similarly to what I talked about in the first thing, where is the complete game been? Right, 2020 is the year I'm going to point to, not last year, but the year prior. It seemed like every week this team was the same team in the first quarter as they were in the fourth quarter. They were were putting together. Things in the first quarter and second quarter were setting up things, at least offensively, for the third and fourth quarter. And, of course, that was an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. It has not been this year. But this team looks like two different teams offensively in the first half and the second half. They looked really good in the first half. Again, this week, they drive down the field in their opening drive, kick a field goal, three and out their next drive, but then they score a touchdown. Then they score a touchdown the next drive. Then they end the half by kicking a field goal. They were successfully driving down the field and scoring points in the second half. Look, I get the Giants are 4-1. and one. They're not that good of a football team. I understand the record indicates they are. The Green Bay Packers were the better team in this game yesterday, and it did not look that way in the second half. Matt LaFleur says it too. We can't put together a complete game. Well, certainly there's been a lot of struggles, um, you know, and that is this league, and we just got to be more consistent because there's some moments where we look pretty good, but we have yet to put together a complete game as a team. It's like every game has been one good half. And that just isn't, that's not good enough in this league. You gotta, you gotta play every play like it's your last. And if you don't, you get your ass whipped. You get your ass whipped. That's exactly what you did in London. Good old fashioned London ass whipping, Matt LaFleur, is what happened yesterday against the New York Giants, who aren't that good of a team. I'm, I'm so unbelievably frustrated with this football team because they should be good. And I get, we've been saying it for weeks. I'll say it again this week. It's still true, but you're running out of time. Right? This, is, this is a year about development. This is a year about figuring it out. Right, The Packers the last few years have been a team that's peaked in like November. Right, We've seen their best football played not in January or February. Obviously, they haven't played in February, but you'd like to see them there this year once again. 
They haven't played the rest of football in January. So this was a year where, okay, they're going to figure it out. There's going to be growing pains. They'll get better as it rolls on. I haven't seen that through five weeks. And now the time's a ticking. You're 3-2. and two. You're not leading the division anymore. And we've called it a home run. Maybe the Vikings are a little bit better than we expected. They looked good yesterday. You were running out of time to figure it out, to put together a complete game, and rattle off wins that will put you in the driver's seat of not only what you hope is the NFC North, but the NFC at large. This is a team that should be in contention for the number one seed again this year. They don't look like that through five weeks. Both offensively and defensively, things have just collapsed in the second half. The final thing. Three, that's the magic number. It is. It's the magic number. Maybe the most frustrating thing. I already have a headache, Hunter. We spent all offseason touting this defense, crowning their ass Dennis Green style. This is going to be the best defense in the league, we said. This will be a top five defense, no problem. We argued. This Defense can't stop a nosebleed. And the nosebleed was gushing in the fourth quarter again. This is like the fourth straight week I've sat here on a Monday afternoon. Here on the high noon hour. I'm Alex Strope with you. And said, the defense disappeared in the fourth quarter. And they did it again yesterday. What is going on? With Joe Barry's defense. The first half, they looked fine, right? They, they kept scoring at minimum. They kept Saquon Barkley at a minimum. They kept the big plays at a minimum. The defense looked good in the first half. Again, and they have every, every week just about this year. The defense looked really good in the first half. Third quarter, meh. Yesterday, bad. And fourth quarter, bad. Again, and it has been this way every week. We first noticed it against the Chicago Bears in Week 2. David Montgomery looked like Barry Sanders against this Packers defense in the fourth quarter. We saw it last week. Same thing. Fourth quarter just goes away. You get a win. For, defense just disappears in the fourth quarter. You let teams do whatever they want. I, I understand you're trying to eliminate the big plays from a throwing aspect, right? You don't want the big passes. But you got to eliminate the big runs, too. That's how teams stay alive. And now this is the third or fourth week in a row where a team has stayed alive late. Against the Patriots last week, they couldn't stop Jack Squat in the fourth quarter. They went to overtime with a third-string quarterback last week, and we're all thinking, okay, it's one week, 1-0, move on. It's a new week. It's the New York Giants. It's London. It's exciting. 8.30 kickoff. Whoop them on prime time, national television. You're good to go. You're good to roll. That is not what happened. Again, second half, the defense doesn't come out for the Green Bay Packers. Last week, there were some more bright spots. I don't know what was a bright spot defensively this week. You're playing a beat-up Daniel Jones, a guy that we didn't even know was actually going to suit up until Friday. Saquon Barkley, I get it. We can account for Saquon Barkley. But who was scoring touchdowns for the New York Giants? Just similarly to Bailey Zappi, a name I didn't know against the New England Patriots, there were guys scoring touchdowns for the Giants yesterday I'd never heard of. Who the hell is Daniel Bellinger? Is he related to Cody? I don't know who this guy is. Oh! Who? I, I, I get it. It's the NFL. They're good football players, even if I don't know who they are. But you cannot let that happen if you want to be touted as a top five, top three, 
top one defense in the National Football League. You haven't looked apart at all in the fourth quarter. This defense can't stop a nosebleed. I mean, it is it is bad. So I'm going to answer the question I'm asking you today here on the high noon hour. Who's to blame? Who are you mad at? Give me a name. Let's call them out. It's accountability hour here on the high noon hour. I'm mad at Joe Barry. I'm very mad at Joe Barry. This defense has not looked what it's been cracked up to be at all, especially late. And you're going to lose a lot of football games that way. In fact, let me bring up a football game in which you lost that way. And it hurt a lot. Remember that playoff game in January against the San Francisco 49ers at Lambeau Field? Defense looked great. But the only thing that mattered was that final drive where San Francisco drove up the field, Robbie Gold kicked a field goal. And there's a lot more people to blame in that playoff game than the defense. But it's the same damn thing over and over again. And I am finally to a point where I just cannot take it anymore. This defense is not good. It's not. Can it be? Yes. But has it been now? So who's bothering you? My answer is Joe Barry. We'll get to some of your responses and continue to dive into the Packers' embarrassing loss. Like it, it was only a five-point loss, technically a seven-point loss. It's a bad loss. The New York Giants aren't a good football team. We'll continue to get into it next. It's the High Noon Hour. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. Put up a shot up on the It's a high noon hour rolling out on your Monday as we continue to react to the football weekend that was the Green Bay Packers losing London yesterday morning. I'm feeling blue. Feeling in the dumps a little bit. I'm Alex Strope with you. 844-770-3776 is the old National Bank talking text line. Get old with old National Bank. We're asking you to name names. We're holding people accountable. It's the accountability hour today on the high noon hour. Want to know who you're most upset with? I want to name. Who are you the most upset with? My answer is Joe Barry. I imagine a lot of you are with me, but would love to hear why. I'd love to hear your reasoning behind why, because I'm also upset with Matt LaFleur. I'm upset with Aaron Rodgers. I'm upset with a lot of people today, but who tops your list? 844-770-3776. We don't necessarily need to be calling for somebody's job, which I assume somebody will do with Joe Barry. But I I, I just want to know who's, who's upset, who you're upset with. Who do we need to hold accountable today? Because that's a bad loss. And the score might not indicate it's a bad loss. And the records might not indicate it's a bad loss. Because New York is now 4-1, and one, which indicates they're a good football team. But it's only the end of the week five of the NFL season. I don't think they're that good of a team. I don't think the Packers are either by any means, but they should be. This is a team that should be considered as one of the best in the National Football League, in the NFC specifically, because you have Aaron Rodgers leading the charge. And that's what's so upsetting. Hey, I wanted to get to this um, as, as uh, it made some headlines. I found it really fascinating. Would love to hear your opinion on it as well. Jair Alexander, after the game, essentially put it this way, quote, I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, then I'll be worried. This is a new situation for everybody. New circumstances, sleep patterns. It's a whole adjustment here in London. I agree with Jair. I'm not super worried, but it still is a bad loss. And yeah, if you lose to the Jets, you should be worried, Jair. Nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers not thrilled with Jair Alexander saying that to ESPN's Rob Domofsky. And frankly, I don't like all this conversation about losing next week. I'm a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation. 
and we got to check ourselves on that because talking about that is not that's not winning football. There was conversation about it in the locker room, and I don't like it. And uh, Josh, my guy, but we don't need to be talking like that. Um, I, I I assume Aaron Rodgers didn't see or hear exactly what Jair Alexander said. I'll read it to you again. I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, then I'll be worried. It's a new situation for everybody. New circumstances, sleep patterns. It's a whole adjustment here in London. I, I don't think he was insinuating they're going to lose next week. He was just saying, I will be worried about the state of our season if we lose the New York freaking Jets. I think you should be worried if you ever lose as a Green Bay Packer, especially with how good this team should be. But I get it. I get the excuses from Jair. Sleep schedules, sleep patterns. It's just an adjustment. Time change. You're playing at 830 in the morning locally. I get it. I don't love it either. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers' gripe makes sense either. Can we hear from Aaron Rodgers one more time uh, just, just on his response to Jair? And frankly, I don't like all this conversation about losing next week I'm a firm believer in the power of words and manifestation and we got to check ourselves on that because talking about that oh. is not that's no. not winning football there was conversation about in the locker room and I don't uh, like Aaron it. Rodgers I saw a tweet this morning and it just this makes me feel like it's right he's a big he loves manifestation right I, I saw a tweet that said Aaron Rodgers is going to be like a 19 year old girl who studies abroad and like returns home He's just going to change something about him. It's going to be very minor. Don't know what it is. But he's going to be like a 19-year-old girl who studies abroad, which it made me crack up, I'll be honest. But Hunter, your, your response to Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that the manifestation is probably the inner hippie of him yeah. showing up a little bit. But I'm normally very hard on Aaron Rodgers. I love this because my concern for the team is that a loss like this one could then snowball the season. Because you have guys maybe then not fully focused for the Jets, and it just all of a sudden one loss turns into two, then three. Yeah, you can't you let get it blown up by the Bills. And I love seeing the leader of the team nip this in the butt right away and say, "Nope, we're not talking like that. We're not going to have this. I'm not going to let the rest of the team talk like this, and I'm going to call guys out for it because we can't let this snowball. We have bigger things to worry about." Yeah, and you've been critical of Aaron Rodgers before, Hunter. So I appreciate your your perspective on that. I think it's uh, I think it's interesting, right? I, I don't think it's that big of a deal because I get Jai's point, right? Jair Alexander, I get his point. Um, you know, if they do lose to the Jets, it's concerning. And there's obviously the Matt Lafleur angle in this game too, right? Robert Sala guy, he stood up in his wedding, right? Like they're very good friends. He's the head coach of the Jets. Uh, hello, Michael Lafleur, Matt's brother. Is is he the offensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, of the New York Jets? I'll have to double check on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I know he's he's got a solid position though within that offense. So yeah, there's a, there's some family ties there uh, for for Matt Lafleur as, as they return back home to Lambeau next week to play host of the New York Jets. It's not a game you should lose, but neither was this one. Neither of these New York football teams are are, are you know what they were in like the 90s or the 80s or the 70s, right? Like this is it's Daniel Jones who's hurt, and and you let him beat you. I mean, they, they they let Daniel Jones beat them in the second half. Get this, Daniel Jones actually played a really good game. 21 of 27, he only threw six incomplete passes, 217 yards. Had a QB rating of 100.2. Aaron Rodgers had a solid game too, 25 of 39, 222 yards, two touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 96.3. What sticks out to you there? Daniel Jones has a, had a higher QBR yesterday 
than Aaron Rodgers did, and Daniel Jones was hurt. He came into that game hurt. He also ran 10 times for 37 yards, did Daniel Jones. I mean, he didn't look spectacular. It's not like he looked like the MVP of football, but you can't let Daniel Jones look that good, especially when he's hurt, and more especially when you're supposed to have one of the top five defenses in the National Football League. Very, very frustrating. Well, so that quarterback rating for Aaron Rodgers, 96.3. And then there's this new stat they came out with it a few years ago, the QBR, and it rates like how effective you were in the outcome. Average is 50. Okay. What do you think Aaron Rodgers was? Without looking, what do you think he was? Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Um, Average is what you said? 50. I would say he's a little above 50 then. Uh, 55, 56? 53. Okay. Four-time MVP quarterback. How was Daniel Jones? Do you have that in front of you? He was a 75. So they're saying Daniel Jones was about above at, like, he's very good, essentially, at a 75 win. Perfect and sig- as 100. And significantly better than Aaron yes. Rodgers yesterday. Yep. And that's just the numbers. That's not anybody's opinion. That's just the numbers for the game. That's just calculating it. That's fascinating. See, that's why I'm asking you who ticked you off the most, right? And I don't want to get too deep into the box score, but it is frustrating. Uh, let, let's take a look at the text line 844-770-3776. Asking, you know, to blame. We're, we're, it's the accountability hour. Who are you the most mad at? What are you the most mad at? Uh, let's get into some of those responses, Hunter. Yeah, so we had Mike in Oregon, Joe Barry, first thing right there, really calling out his zone blaze. It was a long text message. Mike really getting a lot off his chest today. But Thanks, Mike. His, his big issue is just the soft zones that they were playing there in the second half for the defense, which I definitely agree with. When you've got a lead, you can't let it. No, offense just no, do whatever it's they bad want. and mike also goes on to uh talk about matt lafleur and his crappy adjustments how about his lack of adjustments i i, I wouldn't even call them crappy adjustments was there adjustments because when you're it's so frustrating and this is the drive i continue to point to it, it is the turning point of the game right uh on green bay game day the post game show they do the drive of the game we also do this on espn wisconsin college game day which here before and after uh wisconsin football games here on espn madison I would point this as the anti-drive of the game, right? This is the drive where everything turned. It was the second half. It was uh, immediately after the Giants tied up the game in the fourth quarter. The Packers got the ball back with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Game tied at 20. Incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Incomplete pass. Punt. The game is tied. And I get Aaron Rodgers as one of the most talented quarterbacks to ever play the game. But you don't need Aaron Rodgers' hero ball with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter against the New York freaking Giants. You don't need Aaron Rodgers' hero ball. And that was the drive that I point to and just say, this is why I am so frustrated today. This right here is why, right? The lack of adjustments that Mike in Oregon points out on the text line are right here. The game is tied. Use your running backs. You said it in week one. You have two of the best running backs in the National Football League. You get the best one-two punch in your backfield in the National Football League. Utilize them. And when the game is tied, when you allow the New York Giants to come back down two possessions in the fourth quarter, you don't run it once, and then you allow them to win the game. The, the, the drive they responded with immediately thereafter was a touchdown. It became 27-20, to 20, which was technically your final in this game. You can't throw the ball three times on your own 25-yard line. Like, what are we doing here? How are you going to eliminate Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon from the game? 
I just don't. I, I am by no means. I know by no means have a PhD in football. I by no means have any experience coaching football. But damn it, pretty obvious to me you should have ran the ball. I want to hear from Matt Lafleur again from Week One. I mean, he he spelled it out for himself a month ago, and he doesn't take his own advice. Matt Lafleur after the loss to the Vikings four weeks ago. Anytime Aaron Jones comes out of the game with eight touches, that, that's not good enough. And AJ Dillon, what he have ten or so. Um, that's not good enough. We cannot do this every week, Matt LaFleur. You have to utilize your best players. And I don't know if it was his fault or if Aaron Rodgers was, was opting out, audibling out of plays. Regardless of, of who is to blame, it doesn't really matter. You cannot eliminate Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon from the football game. You cannot lose that way. Because if you're going to do this, you're not even going to win the NFC North. You're not even going to make the playoffs. You're not even going to have an opportunity to play in January. If you just eliminate, if you just say, hey, uncle, I'm calling prisoner. No A.J. Dillon, no Aaron Jones anymore. You cannot do that. And when you look at that drive, three and out in the fourth quarter, you burn 26 seconds and you allow the New York Giants to win the football game. Unbelievably frustrating. I can't believe it. I, I, I am so frustrated with the lack of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And Matt LaFleur can't keep doing this, right? There has to be a point where we sit here and say, look, dude, you can, you're out of excuses. It's your fault. It's your fault A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are getting involved. You cannot eliminate them in the fourth quarter. I want to get to your responses on the other side. If you're on the line, stay on hold. We'll get to you here in just a few minutes. Also, uh, see a lot of texts rolling in on the text line, 844-770-3776. We'll get your responses, and we'll go around the league, play some NFL quick hits. That's all still ahead. It's the High Noon Hour. You're listening to the High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. Join the show on the Old National Bank talk and text line, 844-770-3776. It's the high noon hour rolling on on your Monday, continuing the reaction to the Packers' 27-22 loss to the New York Giants, now 3-2 and on the season, asking you, who's bothering you? Who's to blame for the Packers' loss? It's the accountability hour today. That's how we're doing this. Hearing a lot of the Joe Barry cries on Twitter and uh, on the text line, 844-770-3776. Before we go to DeForest, we're going to chat with Luke here in a second. Uh, got to tell you about the awesome thing that High Noon's doing. They're giving away $20,000 to somebody in the Madison area. All you have to do is scan a QR code at, at one of these following locations. State Street Brats, Whiskey Jacks, Lucky's, W, Chasers 2.0, The Red Zone, any of the high V's in Madison, right? The one on East Wash, the one on Mineral Point, Whitney Way, Fitchrona Road in Fitchburg. All those high V's have the QR code. Neil's Liquor has it and Piggly Wiggly in Wanakee. Any of those locations, scan the QR code and you find out instantly if you've won $20,000 from our friends at High Noon. 20 G's. I mean, it's as easy as that. All you got to do is take the little computer you have in your, your pocket all the time. We know that as a phone probably. All you got to do, scan a QR code, find out instantly if you're $20,000 richer. Pretty Darn good deal at any of those locations. High Noon Sun Sips with all the variety packs, the tailgate packs. I love High Noon. Drank a lot of those yesterday uh, after the Packers lost. All right, let's go to the phone line. want to hear from you. I'm, I'm done complaining about it. I'm not. That's not true. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pause here. I want you to complain about it. I want to give you the room to complain about it. 844-770-3776 is your way into the High Noon Hour. We go to DeForest now. Luke, you're on the High Noon Hour. How are you? What's up, Strophy? How yeah, you doing, so um, I'm doing great. Uh, a little frustrated, obviously. I mean, 
they are a four and one team, but I, I, we're a much better four and one team. I think everybody would agree with that. Saquon looks like he's back, but yeah. his defense was. I mean, we have all of the dogs on the outside. They shouldn't be playing in, in zone. And then on offense, we built this offense for Matt LaFleur to have his run first offense like he had in, in Tennessee, right? To make the quarterback look great. He made Tannehill look like Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. <laughs> but we ran the ball 19 times with, with arguably the best double-headed monster in the league. It it just blows my mind that we built this roster around the run and then we're abandoning it for, albeit there's some talent, but like a, a pass-first offense with no no wide receiver anybody's ever heard of. I'm exaggerating, but no, but you're right. It, right? Like it, like in theory, Luke, you're spot on. I mean, it, it's so frustrating to see a, a team that is cracked up to have the best defense in the league, right? And the the what four time now MVP. Aaron Rodgers at the helm, and you can't score points in the second half. I, I it just it, it it actually doesn't make any sense. Like realistically, it doesn't make sense to me. The Packers should be a better team, and Matt Lafleur has proven himself as a head coach. But this year, it just looks wacky. It's just it's really really odd to me, man. I it really doesn't make Hunter. Does this make sense to you? Like I, I I'm surprised I'm sitting here talking about a loss right now. That's not a game they should have lost, especially the way the first half played out. No, this team is just so confusing for me, especially the three things that we're really talking about were the three strengths we expected out of this team going into the year. Aaron Rodgers, the yep. running back room, and the defense. And they're the three like most disappointing parts of this game. Now, the running backs, Aaron it's Jones It's not their fault. No, but it's, it's Matt LaFleur's fault for not using. And Rodgers, too, that. right? Because I know he's audibling, and there's RPOs, right? Like those, Some of those plays down in Giants territory were run-pass options, right? So Aaron Rodgers has the option to obviously either run it or pass it, right? And he chooses to, chooses to opt out of utilizing 28 in, in that sense. A.J. Dillon was the guy on the field in the play I'm referring to. So, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really frustrating. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, and I think that's a very good point by you. Let's get to the text line, 844-770-3776. Want to know, uh, you know, who who's bothering you? And a big thanks to Luke and DeForest for calling in as, as well. You can get into the show the same way, 844-770-3776. If you need to verbalize it, if you need somebody to talk to here on the Accountability Hour, the High Noon Hour, Go ahead. Give us a ring, 844-770-3776. All right, Hunter, what do we got on the text line? Yeah, William and Madison, I'm most mad about the way that Aaron Rodgers seems to blame everyone else. Uh, just has the look as if everything that goes wrong is everyone else's fault. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about body language, and Aaron Rodgers is not the type of guy, and we know this. We know what you get with Aaron Rodgers, right? He's not the type of guy that's going to be running up and down the sidelines uh, like maybe a former Packers quarterback did, hyping everybody up, right? It, it, that's just not his brand. That's not what Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers has very high expectations, and if you don't meet them, that's on you. And I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong. That's just not the way Aaron operates. He's not the guy that, you know, he's not Russell Wilson where he's uh, – what, what, what did Russell Wilson have his teammates doing earlier in the season? Didn't he have him like, calling out if it was a pass or a run? Yeah, he was and, pulling some high school stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, Aaron, that's not Aaron's brand of football. But I understand William's point. You know, there is some accountability for Aaron. Obviously, in that playoff game against San Francisco, big time, uh, big time L for Aaron Rodgers. Yesterday, there's certainly some blame to go his direction. That fourth quarter was just brutal. And whether that's Aaron Rodgers' fault or Matt LaFleur's fault, the lack of involvement 
and I'll keep saying this for Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is flabbergasting. It's disappointing. It's ridiculous. Uh, what else we got on the text line before we get to quick hits? Daniel the Sloth, Aaron. He's always been about himself. He's a huge part of the reason I can't stand to watch the Packers. Wow. Um, I almost said Badgers for some reason, and then halfway yeah. through realized that I'm talking about the Packers. Yeah, we'll talk Badgers here in a few minutes. I do want to get into something we talked about on Saturday after their win over Northwestern. Uh, but Daniel Sloth also says this on the text line. Um, Packers might be the 15th best team in the league. They're, they are not a playoff team, which they call it overreaction Monday. I don't know how much of an overreaction that is. They don't look that way right now. They're going to get better. Assuming Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon remain healthy, this is a team that will be still contending for a top seed in the NFC. Just through five weeks, they don't look it. But we've said it all along, there will be growing pains. It's a team that's going to kind of improvise and figure things out on the fly. And hopefully come December and January, they're playing their best football. But right now... They don't look like a team that's that's considered one of the best in the National Football League. They just don't. If you cannot play in the second half, you can't be held among some of those teams that, that have been playing well in the second half. The Packers just haven't through five weeks, which is the most disappointing part. All right, let's switch gears. Let's go around the league. It's time to go around the NFL. It's NFL Quick Hits. Who stood out? How about Mr. Miyagi coming up talking to me? Who stunk it up? What is that smell? Let's go around the league. This is Quick Hits. This week, our Quick Hits, it's going to be an either-or edition. Okay, okay, Strofe? I got it. First down. First down. Right now, who are you taking to win the division? Minnesota or Green Bay? Oh, good start. Uh, I'll still take Green Bay, but Minnesota looks good, and... I don't know how much stock you can put into a win over the Bears, who aren't good. But they win by a touchdown. They put up almost 30 points, 29 points yesterday for the Minnesota Vikings. I still don't think it's their division to win, but through five weeks, it certainly is. They're 4-1. and one. But every game they've won, except the week one against the Packers, has been by seven points or less. So, And those wins are over the Lions, Saints, and Bears. I don't know how good they are. I think this weekend will be a good test for them. They go to Miami on Sunday, um, play the Dolphins. I think that's a good test for them, although Miami is a very questionable team, obviously, with all the uh, question marks at quarterback for them right now. But I'll, I think it's still Green Bay's division to win. Second down. Second down, which would you rather watch? The disjointed roller coaster of a game that we saw Sunday morning? Yep. Or the Thursday night field goal oh, fest. Oh, oh, Can I have a third option? No. Can I go to bed? No. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Okay, I'll give I you a know. third option. I don't know. <laughs> Badgers at Ohio State. <laughs> I think I'm taking what I watched yesterday morning. I think I'll take... Thursday night was the worst football game I've ever watched the entirety of. But that's the key word. I watched the entirety of it. I didn't turn it off because I craved that bad for National Football League. Football. Like, that's, that's how much I love the NFL. Is I watched the entire game on Thursday night. That was a snooze fest. Field goal fest, you called it appropriately. But I'll watch yesterday's. I don't like watching the Packers lose. But at least the first half was fun, I guess. Third down. Got to sneak in some Cowboys talk since I love America's team. 
Who are you taking if you're Mike McCarthy? Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott when he's healthy? Uh, I would have laughed you out of the building two weeks ago if you asked me this question. I'm not laughing you out of the building right now. Cooper Rush is 5-0 and as a starter. He beat the defending Super Bowl champions last night. Yesterday afternoon, I should say. My day has got all screwed up with the 8.30 kickoff. Felt like the Sunday night game to me. Um, I think it's still Dak, right? Like, Dak is a franchise quarterback. But what Cooper Rush has shown you through now four weeks here in the, this season, he's certainly good enough to win you football games because he's only done that. What he's doing is nothing special, right? Yesterday, his stat line was this. He was 10 of 16 for 102 yards. It's not like he was blowing the Rams out of the building, but he ran that offense to a point where it was good enough. Tony Pollard looked really good on a side note, but I I think it's still Dak's team. But Cooper Rush actually might be a good NFL quarterback. Fourth down. Yeah, I think Cooper Rush is the best backup in the league. Um, But now on fourth down, what's more surprising? Sure. 5-0 Five and zero Philadelphia Eagles, or that Matt Rule is out as the Panthers' head coach through five weeks. Oh, good question. Yeah, I. Oh, they're both surprising. They both are surprising, right? Philly looks good. I. I they're not an undefeated good team, right? Like Packers see them later this year. That's a type of game, and we look at October thirtieth against Buffalo for the Packers as, as a test. Against Philadelphia later in the year also is is a game I've got circled already and saying, okay, this is where we can really evaluate what this team is. Yesterday was not one of those games for the Packers. Uh, the Eagles are good. They're 5-0. and Not as surprising as Matt Rule out. Matt Rule was the sexy hire a few years back when, when Carolina brought him in. And they gave him a seven-year contract right from the get-go. They thought he was the guy to turn things around. Uh, five different starting quarterbacks in his tenure, including the return of Cam Newton last That's year. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. I was surprised they did it after five Hey, we saw it with Wisconsin last week after five weeks. Sometimes changes need to be made, and you just need to pull the trigger. And that's what Carolina did here with the firing of Matt Rule earlier today. I think the Rule firing is more surprising. But I'm also surprised by Philly. They've been, they've been, uh, they've been a nice surprise this year, where Matt Rule... Not so nice as he loses his job uh, weeks of the season. That's NFL Quick Hits. A big thanks to Hunter Vaughn running the show for us here on the high noon hour on 100.5 ESPN. I do want to talk a little Badgers on the other side, but I want to get your final thoughts on the Packers 27-22 to loss next as well. If you haven't chimed in, we've also got some other responses to get into on who's bothering you. Who is the person most at fault for the Packers 27-22 to loss yesterday to the New York Giants? We'll read your final responses. 844-770-3776 is your way into the show, either the text line or the talk portion. And uh, we posted a poll about Graham Mertz on Saturday. I have not looked at the results yet, and I'm really excited to do that. We'll do all that next as we wrap up the High Noon Hour. More football reactions, more from the Gunslinger, more High Noon. The High Noon Hour with Alex Strofe continues next on 100.5 ESPN and Wisconsin On Demand. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. <laughs> Such a great movie. One of the best. One of the best, indeed. It's the high noon hour. That's Graham Mertz after this weekend. Oh, yeah. Becomes the first Wisconsin Badgers quarterback 
to ever throw five touchdown passes in two different games. As that's what he does. As the Badgers win the debut for Jim Leonard as a head coach over Northwestern over the weekend. We'll get to that in a second, but wrapping up our Packers conversation today, I was asking you, who frustrates you the most? We got a text from the 608. Uh, first time they've ever texted in, so welcome to the family. It is time to put up or shut up. No more excuses. This team is not improving. Replace the coach or the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator. So 608, not necessarily, not necessarily giving us the exact thing they want done, right? Replace coach or offensive coordinator. or defense. Just change something. Just do something. Okay, Ben Brust. That's probably who that do, was. Do something. Right after the Packers fall to the New York Giants. That was a very entertaining text message. First time from the 608. Love it. Um, yeah, Daniel Sloth continues to chime in. Daniel Jones, apparently he's the best quarterback in the NFC. Um, and Luca DeForest read this earlier, but run the effing ball. Absolutely correct. Spot on. Totally agree with you. All right, let's get into the Badgers, Hunter. I'm going to let you do this. I don't even want to look at it, right? So you and I, obviously, both a part of ESPN Wisconsin College Game Day, which you hear two hours before and immediately after every Wisconsin football game here on 100.5 ESPN. Me, Brad Nortman, and Colin Russo got into a really fascinating discussion with like five minutes left in the program on Saturday. And we decided to throw a poll up that got a lot of attention right away. Uh, And what was the poll? Read it to me verbatim. Hashtag Badger fans. Is Graham Mertz good? Is Graham Mertz good Simple. was the question. Yes is or Graham, no? Is Graham Mertz good? I have not looked at the results. Tell us how many votes it has had. I guess it's over with, right? And where the results landed. 343 votes. So, so a good amount. Yep. Statistically significant number. 54%. Yes. Okay. So we're still split is is pretty much my takeaway there, right? Like fifty four say yes, forty six percent say no. So eight percent differential. Well, it's fifty five forty five. Oh, excuse me. So I mean, ten percent. That's within the margin of error. Error. We would easily be able to call that election with that difference on that number of votes. So I, you want Graham me, Mertz you is want good. me to sit here and just say Graham Mertz is good? Absolutely. All right, I'll do it. Graham Mertz is a good quarterback. Uh, I'll do it. <laughs> Graham Mertz has shown improvement this year, and whether or not you want to agree with that is fine. But I get it was Northwestern. Northwestern, not a good football team. We can we can agree on that, though, right? Yeah, they won't win yeah. another game all year. Yeah, Northwestern, not a good football team. But Graham Mertz looked good against the bad football team. And he's made less mistakes this year. Has he made some bad ones? Yes. But the interception number's significantly down from years past. And the touchdown number's up. He's got 13 touchdowns on the year already. Through what six weeks? So that's two a game, and I, I know the uh, the five touchdown performance on Saturday fudged those numbers a little bit, but the numbers are the numbers. The numbers are the numbers. You can only do what you can with them. So thirteen touchdowns now on the year for Graham Mertz. I am ready to call him a good quarterback. I am not ready to call him a great quarterback, but I am ready to call him a good quarterback. And uh, the news of yesterday comes out that backup quarterback Deacon Hill has announced he will enter the transfer portal for the Wisconsin Badgers. So the backup quarterback enters the transfer portal 24 hours after the starter throws five touchdowns. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't think that's a coincidence. As Deacon Hill out of Madison, he will go elsewhere uh, with one year of eligibility remaining. But look, I mean, jokes aside, there wasn't any competition. Graham Mertz was clearly the answer. He's clearly been the answer 
And there's not a bona fide backup right now with Chase Wolf, who has been out all season long. So I um, I like Graham Ertz. I like what we've seen. I think we have seen significant growth uh, over the course of the last few seasons. And this was a good this was a good win for momentum's sake on Saturday over Northwestern again. Northwestern, not a good football program this year. They're just not. They're not they're debatably, maybe not even debatably, the worst team in the Big Ten this year. Worse than Nebraska, worse than Wisconsin. Uh, who else is bad? Worse than Rutgers, right? Like, this is a bad football program, is Northwestern. So, yes, Graham Mertz did look really good against them. But uh, all uh, statistics aside, like, this is a very big win for momentum's sake. It's, it's a huge win for emotion's sake. Because we know how emotional of a week it was last week for those players in that locker room seeing their head coach get fired uh, after almost eight years of service as the head coach to the University of Wisconsin and then even more as a player and an offensive coordinator. So it was an emotional week. But now Wisconsin gets a big win. They can refocus up with a win knowing they're back to 500 and they go to East Lansing to take on Michigan State this Saturday. Also not a very good team. They're 2-4 and four on the air. So a lot of confidence for these Wisconsin Badgers as they roll on. Hey, a big thanks to everybody who participated in the program today and for everybody who hung out with us over the course of the last hour. We do this every single Monday or day after Packer games as we react to whatever the heck happened. Cheerio is what I say to you as the Packers lose in London to the New York Giants. Woof. Get Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon the football more. Peace.